This is Marriage Helper Quick Tips, hosted by marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes, and our team of certified coaches. Our hosts will honestly share their hard-earned insight on some common marriage pitfalls and offer some quick tips backed by research that you can begin to use today. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Listen to Quick Tips wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave an honest review. We love hearing from you. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Quick Tips. What do you do when you find out that your spouse is in love with someone else? I mean, I know it hurts. It hurts deeply. This person that you love, that you planned on spending a lifetime with, now is involved with another person. And the pain is sometimes indescribable. Yet sometimes you're so angry, you don't think about the pain at all. Mixed in all of that somewhere, it's questioning of yourself. Like, is there something wrong with me? Did I not fulfill you? Do I have some flaw that's so major that you want to get away from me? And a fear that the life that I planned, the life that I expected is not going to happen. I mean, those emotions get all mixed up in there, and I understand that. I'm Dr. Joe Beam. We've been working with couples in situations like this for over a quarter of a century. Oh, I wish it didn't exist at all. I wish that I never worked with a couple in this situation because it would not happen ever again. But that's living in la-la land. We're living in a world where it happens more and more. And unfortunately, because you're watching this video, I assume that now it's happening to you. Please understand that we can help. I want to give you three things right here in this video to consider that can be of value to you. Number one, if your spouse is involved with somebody else, don't think of that person as your competition. Please. When we teach people, we don't just teach those whose marriages are in crisis. We talk to a lot of people about marriage whose marriages are actually in pretty good shape. And we teach some very basic principles that work no matter where you are in the relationship that I really want to make sure you understand right now, even as you're in this crisis situation. You see, if you think of that other person as the competition, then you'll think if he or she goes away, then that will solve the problem. And it may seem to you like, well, yeah, dummy, can't you see that? Everybody can see that. Well, not necessarily so. We teach a basic principle that we call pushes and pulls. And when we talk about pushes, we talk about, are you doing anything in your relationship, whether you realize it or not, that you know is pushing your spouse away from you? And the bigger those pushes become, the more likely that the spouse may leave. No, don't stop now. I'm not saying it's your fault that your spouse is gone. Please hear the rest of this. It's relatively short, and it's going to be important to understand and know. I'll talk more about those in just a minute. And then there are pulls out here. Pulls sometimes can be a lifestyle change. Sometimes it can be a fantasy that they're chasing. And in your particular case, it's the fact that somebody else exists out there that they want to be with. And you're thinking, well, I've got to compete with them. I have to match them. And sometimes people think, well, there's no way I really can match them. So what do I do? Uh, she's 25. I'm 45. I can't compete with her. Or he's handsome and rich, and I'm not handsome and rich. How do I compete with him? Please stop thinking about that other person. You can't control anything about him or her whatsoever. And even though you think somehow you have to outpull them in the sense of being what they are even more so, that's not the case at all. Because when you do that, 
you'll start trying to be somebody that you're not, and that's going to work against you. So please stop viewing this person as your competition. They are not. If you want to think of competition at all, think about you being in competition with you. In other words, that you'll figure out, and I'll talk about this again in just a minute, how to reduce your pushes and how to increase, augment the pulls that you have, not trying to compete with this other person, certainly not trying to be this other person, but being the best that you can be. But right now, just hear that point. I know it's hard, and it may sound like I'm asking the impossible, but stop thinking about that other person. And secondly, remember that what's going on here may be a kind of love that definitely has a short shelf life. What I mean about that is this, that often people who fall madly in love with somebody else and want to leave a marriage to be with that other person actually go into a state that we call limerence. L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E. Now, I could talk for hours explaining limerence, explaining the research, not just the research, but the thousands of couples that we've worked with where that one, sometimes both of them, have been in limerence with other people and shown them how they could put the marriage back together. But right now, let me hit a few salient points about limerence. If you're wondering, does my spouse have that, I can't give you a definitive test. But I'd ask you to think about things like this. Is your spouse consumed with that other person? What I mean is this seems it's the only thing he or she can think about and that every plan they make, everything they do, even if they start looking at their phone, it's always somehow involved in that other person to the point that they're obsessed with them. Understand that being obsessed or consumed with another person is not the kind of love that lasts a lifetime. No love that intense can last a lifetime. It has to come down to a more manageable kind of love, the kind of love that you likely have had in your marriage that you were comfortable with and that you felt your spouse was comfortable with. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that he or she was comfortable with that kind of love. Now, this thing has come along, this thing called limerence, and what happens in his or her head Brain chemicals are actually changing, and those brain chemicals give them a sense of euphoria whenever anything positive is occurring with that person they're, quote, madly in love with, and great depression or even anxiety when things aren't going well with that other person. And again, I don't have a blood test I can give you, nor a set of definitive characteristics that you can look at and go, oh, yes, that's definitely my spouse. But if he or she is absorbed into that other person, consumed with them, It's very likely limerence, particularly if their behaviors have changed to the point that you keep thinking to yourself, I don't know who my wife is anymore. I don't know who my husband is anymore. Because if being involved with another person is a violation of the beliefs and values they have, in other words, I'm married to you, we should make this marriage work. We made vows back somewhere along the line when we married each other. And now I'm violating those vows. I'm violating my own morality by being involved with this other person. When a person does that, they begin to change personality. They begin to become somebody that you really don't recognize. Now, they don't think they've changed at all. Or even they say something like this. Well, this is the real me. This is who I've always been. And finally, I can just be me. Sound familiar? That's how they feel, and they believe that to be true. But because you've known them for years, and you actually are more objective, unless you're letting your pain keep you from being objective, you're actually more objective about him or her than they are about themselves. 
And and if you see in that, I'm describing these mood fluctuations, like they're in ecstasy, they're happy, there's bliss going on, even if you don't understand what it's about. And then there's sadness, there's depression, or there's anxiety. All those things mixed together indicate that in all likelihood, your spouse is in limerence with the other person. You say, but good grief, that's terrible, Dr. Beam, right? Not necessarily. I know it feels terrible, particularly when you see the intensity of the emotions they have toward the other person. But perhaps you notice I said earlier, limerence has a shelf life. If you look at the research that's out there, and there's some fascinating research about it, it will last somewhere between three months and 48 months. And that's what's happening with your spouse. And you might be thinking, 48 months, four years, good grief, that's a lifetime. And I know it feels that way right now. But it probably has been going on for some time before you ever found out about it. Because it had to go through an intensification process, what we call phase one, phase two, phase three, that I don't have time to explain right now. But as it goes through that intensification process, time is passing. And so 48 months actually might not be that far into the future right now. They may already be a couple of years into it. And understand that not all of them go that long. In all the years that I've been working with people in limerence, rarely, rarely have ever seen one go past 36 months. You see, it gets stronger and stronger, and it gets exceptionally powerful, and it eventually begins to end, and it ebbs finally away. And if you're thinking, well, is it a kind of love? My response is yes, it's a kind of love, but it's a short-lived love. And you can take hope in that if you want to rescue your spouse. Now, obviously, you could be saying, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back. No more, no more, no more, like the great philosopher Ray Charles. And that's your option. But the very fact that you're watching this tells me that probably you want to save the marriage. Now, the third thing to understand is this. You cannot control the other person, and there's certainly no reason to try to compete with them. You cannot control your spouse's limerence, if indeed that's what he or she is in. There's not a pill you can sneak to them that will make it go away. There's not some great revelation you can give them that all of a sudden they go, what was I thinking? And they stop feeling that overnight. As a matter of fact, when we teach people about limerence, we teach them this. It's a better idea that you don't try to explain it to them because they're just going to deny it. And then if we ever get a chance to work with them to help them understand, they won't be listening to us because they've already put their defenses up against us or against anybody else who tries to help. And so you don't try to become their teacher. What you start doing is working on yourself. Now, we have a thing called pies. It kind of encompasses all of humanity, working on yourself physically intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, to become the best that you possibly can be. Not because you're just terribly flawed and that's why your spouse left you, but because of the fact that you need to become a better person anyway to get through this. And as you grow and intensify, then you start increasing your pull. Now, I have some things out there, if you're ever interested in them, that'll help you understand how to decrease the pulls. There's a thing we call the Save My Marriage course. You can find out about it on our website at Marriage Helper. That's Marriage Helper, MarriageHelper.com. Or you can call our toll-free number that's right there on the screen right now if you want to find out about that and talk to one of our client representatives who can explain it to you. It's 12 weeks worth of information teaching you how to decrease pushes. 
In other words, stop doing the things that are pushing your spouse away, but at the same time to increase your own pulls, not by trying to become the other person. Have I mentioned that enough yet? But by you becoming the best that you can possibly be. And there's that 12 videos you can work through with that. If you don't want to do that, if you're not that interested in it, at least look at our website and look for a thing called the Smart Contact Toolkit. Because at the very least, it will start telling you some things to stop doing in the communication that you have with your spouse. And some things to start doing that will encourage the possibility, hopefully even the probability, that you really can understand each other, which is the first step toward putting this back together. I don't have a pill that I can give you that'll fix this overnight. No such thing exists. I'm not gonna make the ridiculous promises to you that some people do on the internet when you go there and say, well, if I just do this one thing and say this one thing, it's gonna fix everything because that is ridiculous. But I can tell you that if you stop focusing on the other person as your competition, that if you understand that limerence will end, and that you can find hope in that, and that there are some things that you need to stop doing and some things that you need to start doing, then I want you to hear that there's absolutely hope for you to put this thing back together. There truly is. Now, please believe that. But also believe, as I've just been saying, it's work. So, are you willing to do that work? Are you willing to do the things you need to do to become the best you can possibly be? By the way, the biggest downside of that is if your marriage does fall completely apart, which we certainly hope does not happen. We're all in favor of trying to help you put this marriage back together. But if it does fall completely apart by becoming the best you can possibly be, the worst thing that can happen is it sets you up to have a better relationship down the line. Because like attracts like. And if you're going to be this sad, miserable person, this marriage ends and you want another relationship, what kind of people do you think you're going to attract? Well, no. Again, I'm not trying to set you up for the next marriage. What I'm telling you right now is this. There is this thing called limerence. It exists. These brain chemicals are there. And it will, at some point, go away. If you, in the meantime, are working on your pulls and decreasing your pushes, then when this thing over here finally ends, and it will, almost always, the people who leave a spouse for a lover like that don't even marry the lover. It's rare for them to actually marry them, even though they think they will. And so when this falls apart, if you've been diminishing your pushes and increasing your pulls, that's the way to draw your spouse back to you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Quick Tips. We have so much more information that may be able to help you in your current situation. To learn more about Marriage Helper and our available resources, visit marriagehelper.com.